This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, now in our fifth season looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. I'm Richard Woodward and you're tuned into the flagship show available every week on video and audio for a sometimes irreverent but always informative hour or more of football conversation. So make your Christmas Monday a Blue Monday and joining me for his hat-trick ball appearance it's Seb Brown. Seb, happy Christmas or nearly you Christmas to you. You can't say that. You have to say happy holidays. Happy holidays. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Um, yeah, um, not so much yesterday, but looking forward to Christmas now. Finished work for two weeks, which is always nice. And uh, I was hoping that yesterday would start off a, uh, a decent run over the festive period, but um, more to come later. No, none of that. No early Christmas presents for us. And also, um, there's this... Um, the jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way chant. Well, how often is to see Ipswich win away chant? I haven't sung that haven't, in yeah. about 10 years. No. So I'll ask you for, let me drop you in the spot. Um, your moment of the decade at the end, we've got a poll coming up over Christmas. Plenty of content over Christmas. Um, so I'll let you percolate that one away in the think walk. Okay. And uh, we'll come back to that one later. Um, the news, <laughs> there's not a huge amount of news. Um, apologies, there was no midweek show. Um it's Christmas and we're busy and uh, it's just felt like there's a lot of stuff the last few weeks with these cup games and so on. So um, a bit of a break for everyone. It makes, um, hopefully, the show's probably come back a little better. Um, but some news, not too much to talk about. Um, some injury stuff. Sears played for uh, the N23s on Monday. It'll be like a new um, signing. And it'll be like a new signing. Um, and he wanted to be back for Portsmouth, but that didn't happen. And Teddy Bishop is targeting Exeter as well. Um Good news, I guess, um, but you're not buying this whole uh, they like new players thing, yeah? Uh, well, I think it's a bit, just a bit of a cop-out, isn't it? It's, a, it's an excuse we'll use when we don't inevitably sign anybody. Uh, I'm a massive fan of Teddy Bishop. However, what's it been now? Four or five years that we've been saying, you know, when Bishop gets fit, we've got a great player on our hands and it's, it's just not happening. Sears, um, I think he'll do very well at this level because he's, he's, he's proven uh, League One at, at Cole U, etc. Um, but I don't think he's the kind of striker that we need. Uh, I'd much rather he was a big six foot three lump um, that provides us some sort of physical presence up front. So I think he's a great player. I'm hoping when he comes back, Lambert might well settle on a formation on, on a 4 four three three, and use Sears as an inside forward like he was back in November time when he took over and Sears went on that really good run of form. Mm-hmm. But um, to say they're like new players, I think we'll just, we'll just paper over cracks. I thought you were going to go all dark night on us. He's, he's the striker we want, but not the one we need. <laughs> yeah. um, maybe you should hit the weights, Freddie, or eat some you know chunky Christmas meals and get your weight up. He's, he's how tall is he? Like I like him a lot, but um, but he's, he's, he's like Jackson. He's a nippy, quick player, and we, we already have one of those. We need a different option in my view up front. But. We do. Um, some quotes for you. The, the, the news this week is largely quote-based, um, and let's see whether you agree or not with these quotes. Um, Paul Lambert, firstly, um, he's in favour of um, lots of fixtures over November and October, um, less so around Christmas and New Year. Um, He wants, he's an advocate for the winter break. Um, I wonder if that's linked to being in Germany. Well, let me quote, let me quote you. um, (laughs) The games come thick and fast and the travelling comes thick and fast. What he's done actually is it's quite a smart argument. 
is to bring the fans into it. You know, if you can do that, then I think you get people on, on side. And you're asking fans to fork out a lot of money, and I think that's unfair thing. I think the quality dips. Um, when I played in Germany, clang, <laughs> I loved the winter break, absolutely loved it. It was great for everybody, great for the fans. Are you one of these people, Seb, that likes um, the four fixtures or whatever it is yes. over Christmas. I love Christmas football. I'm a big, big fan of it. Um, to, to say the quality dips because there's four games in the space of, uh, what is it, 12 days or whatever, I think is a bit of a cop-out. Um, uh, I, I, I wouldn't like, uh, I'd, I'd like a winter break, but not a Christmas time. I don't mind one in January, maybe after the FA Cup, third yeah. round weekend, that's fine. Uh, but Christmas time, everybody's off work and football is a massive part of it. You know, you look forward to Boxing Day, you're seeing your families at Christmas time, it's a chance to meet up with friends in the pub and, and, and go and see some football. So I, I, I definitely am no way would want any kind of break over Christmas itself. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think I'd miss it. I think the Premier League's got one, hasn't it? They have. They, it's staggered season. though, isn't it? It's staggered. So there's no weekend without football. It, to, all 20 sides get two weeks off, but it's staggered. So right. half play one week and then have a break and the half play the second week and have a break. So I don't think we'll notice anything too drastic, but they are introducing it because of the, uh, okay. the preparation for the World Cup. And obviously come 2022, yeah. December will be a bit of a write-off well, in terms of the yeah. World Cup. So I thought there was, I thought the Premier League might introduce one next season, but I might be wrong about that. I think, no, I've definitely read it. I think you're right. I think it I don't is think next the year. EFL does. So, um, yeah, so we'll, yeah. We'll pull our games off anyway. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, well, there's a there's a market there for the EFL if the Premier League decides to disappear. So um, we are advocating um, against the winter break. I was not us. advocating a winter break. Um, Paul Lambert is wrong, so says uh, Seb Brown. Actually, I agree with the January one. I think, yeah. you know, um, a bit of downtime after January. And if it's about the weather, then that makes sense to do it in January just mm -hmm. as much as it does to December. Yeah. Um, Let's. Um, I picked this one out only and it kind of, it's kind of prescient given it's a quote before the Portsmouth game yesterday um, where Lambert says we need to be ruthless in both <laughs> boxes um, and this is a new one for you fans of XG, XA, um, um, WD40 um, and we've got a new um, stat um, to determine our effectiveness, attacking effectiveness um, entries in the penalty box set. Entries. Okay. Not diaries. Right. We're talking entries. We had 71 against Bristol Rovers. 71 right. entries into the penalty area. Okay. Um, and scored one goal. Um, so when you have 71 penalty box entries, quote, um, you expect more than one goal. So we have to be more ruthless in the attacking box and the defending box. Um, are you loving this nerd stat stuff or um, do you just need to stick your boot through the ball uh, yeah, and I, have a shot like Portsmouth did yesterday? I'm not really a big XG numbers kind of person. Um, 71 entries into the penalty box, I have no idea what, what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable. I'd like to know what the, the stats against us were in terms of the entries into our penalty box. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, you can have all the entries you want in the world. Yesterday, the guy, pick, spoiler alert, the guy picks it up and just thwonks it from 20 yards. He, he's not in the penalty box and he scores Gosh. a perfectly goal and wins three points so I understand you know in this day of statistical analysis and all the all the all the analysts employed by clubs and stuff people are always going to find these kind of uh, patterns and models but for me it's not it's just you know football is essentially a, a simple game isn't it uh, I think you can read too much into things and uh, whilst I agree we need to be better in both boxes uh, I'm not sure using all these statistics and whatnot to uh, uh, to, to, to relay, relay it to the fans is, is, is necessarily helpful I think XJ, XG is quite useful here because I agree the entries into the penalty box is um, I was swear words instead of swear word here it's bollocks because um, and, and I'm an advocate for XG and, and um, again we'll talk about it in Portsmouth actually yesterday um, but the quality of the chances is, is the most important thing from my perspective yeah. we might we have lots of incursions into the penalty area but never look like creating the keep we, we never cause the keeper to make us have to make a save and that's what XG kind of tells you is yeah. the percentage chance or the probability of scoring a chance from that position where you are um and I think, yeah, we, we just don't create the obvious goal-scoring opportunities to, make, to give us goals. But, but also, I mean, if you took a corner and swung it in and the keeper catches it out of the air, presumably that's an entry into the penalty box. That counts, I assume, I don't in know. the stats. I assume that would count. However, from a goal-scoring perspective, it's, it's rubbish. So yeah. XG, I d I'm not sure the, Ben would know what the XG on a, on a corner kick is. But if you know what, um, if you're one of these um, stats people and know what um, entries, penalty box entries are... Um, Tell us about it in Twitter um, and enlighten us. Um, and it's a good shout about what is the average of a Yeah, I have no idea. 71 high. I mean, he says we expect more than one goal. So what, is, does 50 lead to one goal? I, I've got no idea. No idea at all. 
Um, someone who uh, is talking a little bit more in terms I think we can understand is John Nolan, who um, had quite a few things to say last week. Um, and again, um, prescient quotes um, in advance of the Portsmouth game. I'll read you some of these as well. Um, he um, doesn't think um, the number 10 position is his ideal position. Um, I'd say I'm more of an eight a box-to-box midfielder, but I can see why the manager wants to put me in the number 10 role because I'll run all day. That's the qualification for me in the number yeah. 10. Not the attacking yeah. potency. Yeah, through um, balls, shots from distance. No, yeah. just run. Uh, there was a little bit of criticism of how we go a little bit direct from times. Um, playing the long ball is like we're hoping that the ball drops there to create chances. Instead of building through the thirds, which we have the players to do, um, it's only my opinion. Um, you look at our squad and we're set up to play football more than we are to go long ball. Um, just dissect that one, Seb, because I don't, I, I don't think anyone would disagree with that opinion. Would No, I think he spoke very honestly and I don't think any of us would, would disagree with what he said. I was quite surprised the way it came out because you know all, all year Lambert's been saying, oh, we're doing really well and blah, blah, we're playing great football, blah, blah. Um, so I think it was a, a, a bit of honesty. I'm, I'm sure I read in there as well, he said he wasn't a big fan of the rotation policy. Um, so again, there's more sort of murmurings that the players aren't necessarily on board with this chop and changing every single week selection process that Lambert is going through. Uh, I agree with the number 10 um, issue. Um, I think he's a, a better number eight, a, a box to box. I would really like to, to talk to a Shrewsbury fan and find out exactly how he played in that 17-18 season under Hurst. I don't know if he was an advanced player then or if he was a, a, just a, a natural number eight, but he got, I think it was 10, 12 goals, was it, from midfield? And he, obviously he's not doing that for us now, so I'd like to know what the difference was. And, and are we? is it another case of playing a, uh, a square peg into a round hole just to try and fit him into the team? I appreciate he'll run all day, great. But if you're, if you're in the number 10 position, then you've got to be, you know, killer through balls, attacking prowess, creating space for others. Um, and, and for me, he doesn't do that. He's a very, very safe player. As we saw yesterday, there were so many times he would pick up the ball and check back inside and slow the play down and... Uh, and, and and for me, I think he needs to come out of the team for a, a couple of weeks, in my opinion. Mm, yeah, so um, there's some other stuff in here as well. But um, um, in terms of promotion, um, automatic, anything else is better in my eyes. That's my opinion, of course. If we end up in the playoffs, we'll give it our all. Um, but for me, we should be aiming to go up automatically. Uh, yes, which I think most players, uh, sorry, most fans would would agree with, especially given our our start to the season. We have the the biggest wage bill, I think, probably some of them might be there or thereabouts. Um, but we've we've got the biggest squad. We should have, in theory, the best players. And and for the first three or four months, it was it was going really really well. And now it is starting to to drift away. And and when you hear players saying stuff like that, it, it does add a little bit of pressure as well. Um, and and unless we get out of this this blip that has become a slump that is now a rut, we. Um, well, yeah, we're, we're sliding down the table alarmingly. Um, let's let's move things right up today. Let's talk about um, Portsmouth, um, because what Nolan has said is um, there's some stuff here, we've, as we've said. Um, let's talk about the lineup, um, Seb. Um, on the Blue Monday WhatsApp group, um, we all had a go at trying to name the for, the um, the formation. Yeah. Um, and I think you were the only you person who went three five two. You got it right. I did. Yeah, I assumed with the. What lack did of, you know that we didn't? Uh, just the, the lack of wide options rose out for a few weeks. Giorgio is clearly going to go back to Spurs in probably next week or the week after. Um, Edwards is the only real wide option. Therefore, I couldn't see it being a four two two or a four three three. I didn't think Edsiala would come in, obviously, but I thought three at the back would be the best way to try and get the the fit players into the side. And uh, and, and and we did look good with that formation earlier in the season at, at certain times. So three five two is the starting formation. There will be a few more later <laughs> on, though. So you guys who yeah. like the the rotation of the formations, don't you worry. There are plenty of gifts here for you. Let's go through the the, um, the teams. Um, Norris in goal. Um, the back three are sub mentions of Wolfenden, um, Enciala in, anchoring in the middle, um, and Chambers returns um, after a two match absence. I think it is Enciala. This is his first league appearance since. Um, the Battle of Accrington, um, where it didn't go so well for him there. Um, I think he played in the Cov replay, though, so it okay. um, hasn't been out of the team for too long. Um, but nevertheless, a surprise given Wilson is on the bench. Um, it's a five-man midfield with one advanced in the 10 position. And guess who it is? It's John Nolan, who hates it. Um, Garb out left. Edwards comes in on the right. Um, and it's Scoose and Downs uh, just behind Nolan up front. It's Jackson and Norwood. No, Keenan Norwood. Keenan Norwood. Why have I written Jackson? Because I'm an idiot. Keen and Keenan Norwood. Tell yeah. us about it, Seb. 
Well, Enciala was the, the big surprise. I think everyone was pretty dumbfounded. He's not played regularly um, at all. When was the Accrington game? Mid-October, I think it was. So since then, when he got hooked at half-time, you could argue he's played one you know, one, one FA Cup replay in the last two months. I don't remember seeing his name featuring for the under-23s in that period. I know he was injured for a while. He's been on the bench quite a bit. Yeah, but he, but he's not he's not match fit. He's not a match sharpness like Wilson has. And, and for a game against a side that are on the up and are meant to be one of our promotion rivals, you would. it, it seems strange to me to give a guy that's clearly not going to be match fit and he's going to be ring rusty at, at such an important start in the in the middle of a back three mm-hmm. the uh, the two full backs pick themselves um, Danassian is, is decent defending but he's, he's not the best going forward so I understand why he played Edwards there uh, the midfield three again probably pick themselves uh, I guess you could argue Dezel's played the last three four games on the bounce so potentially he could have kept his place in, in, in ahead of Nolan but Nolan does appear to be a manager's favourite so I could, again I can understand that Will Keane scored a couple of goals uh, I would always have Jackson and Norwood up front personally as my as my front two Jackson's pace gives us a real real outlet um, but obviously for whatever reason Lambert decided to go with Keane and uh, spoiler alert didn't really work and uh, Nolan's a big fan of that Jackson Norwood partnership and I'm, that's my excuse for why I misspoke there on okay. um, Portsmouth let's see how, how well I can stumble across the goalkeeper's name um, Craig McGivray in goal for Portsmouth it's a 4-2-3-1 with McCrory who basically was like an out and out winger yeah. throughout Burgess, Raggett and Walks. Um, Naylor the captain anchoring the midfield with Ben Close um, Williams Cannon and Curtis and old boy Ellis Harrison yeah. um, unsurprisingly I think um, takes the lone striker position there um, on the bench um, two names of note I guess Brett Pittman being one um, who I think we sold far too easily or cheaply. And Marquis as well, who um, hasn't really kicked on mm. um, since moving from Don Doncaster, Carter, I would yeah. say. Um, but a four-two-three-one for Pompey. Um, let's get into it, because there's not a huge amount of um, quality football to talk no. about or goal-scoring opportunities. Um, and um, Lambert said this in as much in his post-match. Um, this, the tone was set from minute one. Um, Ellis Harrison... Um, running to charge down the ball and decides to lunge into Luke Chambers and earn himself an early yellow card. Um, uh, I guess that's Harrison's job, right? That, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was about eleven seconds into the game, wasn't it? We took the kick off. Um, Chambers went to hoof it down the pitch, but it, it caught Harrison. He chased it down, and it was a, it was a bad. It was a striker's challenge. Um, th- there appeared to be no real love lost between Harrison and our players. I, I don't know if he was a. If you read between the lines, was he maybe a, a bad influence at the club? I don't know, but he um, he certainly there was no love lost between them, and it was a it, like Lambert said, it did set the tone for the game. It's an early booking, and um, the first of many many cards to come. Yeah, we'll talk about the referee a little bit later as well. Um, four minutes, McCrory, this is the first real chance of the game. Um, cuts back the ball to Williams, who's just inside the area, I think. Um, he hits a shot, deflects, I think, of Wolfenden. Norris is quite smart to spot that deflection yeah. um, and makes um, makes the save. Seven minutes, Enciala gets a booking for what I've written here is a 50-50 shirt pull with Harrison. Agree. Um, but the booking goes to the defender, which I think probably it usually does in that circumstance. Um, and from that point onwards, um, and Lambert has again admitted as much, um, you start to worry a little bit about Enciala, don't you? Yes, I mean, he was unlucky. It was six of one half. They've both got hold of each other's shirts. It's just a straight foot race, and, and, and Enciala is trying to keep up with, with Harrison. Harrison's got the edge on him, so he does bring him down. And like you say, in those situations, it's always the attacker who gets the advantage. And at that point, seven minutes in, I think I turned to you and went, great, 81 minutes, we've got Enciala on a yellow card, brilliant. Uh, I think yeah. you know what, what is potentially going to happen. And in the... What, in the first seven minutes we've straight away had two yellow cards and, and yeah that's the, 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 the setting for the rest of the it's game going so well mm. um, 13 minutes McCrory has a firm shot from outside the area um, Norris gets down to yeah. take this one wide though I think probably it wasn't on target um, 20 minutes this is where Lambert I think is starting to get a little bit nervous um, NCR actually does well to slide in and win the ball on halfway um, I think it's Harrison he takes it off but the referee gives the foul Yeah, and actually Bizarrely. conceivably I think could have given a yellow card if he's given the foul um, and I think that's when things the yeah the ramifications on the touchline start to happen don't they? But it was a strong challenge but it was a fair challenge he won the ball it went out for a throw in I didn't really see why all the Pompey fans were baying for blood um, it, it, it's just a very bizarre decision from the referee that he did throughout the game really in my opinion it wasn't a foul but like you say at that point Lambert's thinking right that's his last one if he makes one more mistake in the next 70 odd minutes then then we're in real trouble here so at that point I'm sure he's saying to uh, to judge start getting yourself prepped because uh, I'm going to have to make a change yeah judge 
Sorry, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this in a sec. Um, there's a 25-minute close as a shot. Um, the theme here of Portsmouth having a go, I think, um, yeah. early on. There's no clear-cut chances to town throughout this first half that I can recall. I think Garbutt may have had something. Uh, we've had a few set pieces as well. But there are no clear-cut chances for town here. Um, Pompey quite willing to have a go. You were going to say something? Yeah, sorry. Most of Pompey's chances in the first half an hour were a result of second balls, weren't they, on the edge of the box. Oh. So they'd play crosses in or they'd, you know, we'd make deceptions and there's no one on the edge of our box to clear it. So it's falling to them and I think definitely the first two, the one that you thought was going wide and the one where Norris makes a good save are both just results of, of us not picking up the second balls, the Pompey player getting a strike in on goal and, uh, and, and being positive with the play. We are rubbish at second balls. Yes. Rubbish Awful. at second yeah. balls. Um, 27. Edwards is really lucky here. This is a really yeah. nasty challenge. Um, it looked like he was a bit peed off um, and Nolan will get a similar one later on. Um, Edwards escapes with a booking um, and Harrison has a chance, a little bit of a lame header back, which is quite easy for Norris. Um, here's the substitution that we talked about. So it's Judge who comes on for Enciola, not Wilson. Um, the formation remains the same, so we've still got this 3-5-2, um, but Scoose is the centre-back dropping in. Yeah. And Judge, and I think Nolan swap. Well, yes. Judge comes in. Um, goes to the number 10 position and then drops deeper. I think that's right, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Wolferton seemed to go to the middle of the back three with Scoose on the right-hand side and Chambers on the left-hand side, so a bit of reorganising at the back as well. Um, I, I assume Lambert might have done it. If he brings Judge on, he's still got flexibility later in the game if he wants to go 4-4-2 or change the formation. If he brings Danassian on, uh, he'll struggle to, to, to really alter things at the back without without sort of wasting another substitution. So I, I guess that was his logic, but um, it just it just stayed as it was. You know, Portsmouth were kind of all over us, all three centre backs no matter who played in what position at the back they couldn't deal with Harrison he was a he was a handful yeah. all game and, um, and and it just didn't work and, and that's all the action I've got for the rest of the yeah. half um, uh, we didn't have a shot on target in the first half did not we? that I can recall so no. I think my, my tweet at half time was that um, Pompey had the chances but we were well in the game spells of possession but real um, unsurprisingly a sense of people unfamiliar with the, the system that we were playing yeah. um Certainly the midfield was quite clogged up. Um, I think, it, I don't know whether Portsmouth's pitch isn't particularly big, but it did feel like everywhere we went, they were, we were just crowded a little bit. But Isn't that just Portsmouth's high press? Possibly. Though. I mean, our front two were very, very isolated in the first half. They didn't really get into the game at all. And uh, every time we discussed the second balls, Pompey winning them every single time. So I, I think it feeling congested wasn't necessarily the small pitch. I think it was just Portsmouth high press and the fact that they were, were, were more up for it than we were. We seemed to slow the play down every single time we were on the ball, whereas they were positive and looking to go forward. And I, I think that's all it was with regards to the, the, the congestion. The keen Norwood formation now, yeah. though, I've got that right. Um <laughs> Doesn't work, does it? Because Norwood is, um, is going to hustle and bustle and chase things down. Keane drops in, doesn't he? And basically yep. becomes the number 10, ten anyway. Yep. And then you've got Norwood even more isolated. Yep. Um, that doesn't work, does it? No, that's why Jackson and Norwood tend to work quite well because Norwood does all the ugly stuff, the hustle, the hustle and the bustle, and Jackson will run the channels and create space for him. With Keane, I mean, we, we started to go long yesterday. I know he's six foot two or whatever he is, but there's no way he's a target man. I don't think he won a single header all, all game. So well, the more game, than that in a second. Yeah, yeah, the game plan was to knock the ball long for him to flick the ball on to, to, to Norwood running in behind. Norwood isn't blessed with great pace and it just didn't work. But then, to be fair, how many times did they play together? I'm, I'm thinking, did you say you, you thought they played one of the Coventry games together? But a, apart from that, I know they were played on the pitch and substitutions and whatnot, but as a... As, as a partnership, I can't remember them starting a game together. I'm, I'm sure you're right with with one of the Coventry I think, games. Um, I think um, Keane, uh, Nord came on in the Lincoln home FA Cup tie. Okay. And Keane stayed on. So that was but again, they're not starting, are they? So, yeah. so, and Nord only got 15 minutes in that game, didn't he? So, that's true. It was a kind of a last minute. It was yeah. last 10 trying to salvage the tie. Um, Portsmouth... Uh, we spoke to a few Portsmouth fans before the game. Um, and apologies to Tim, our mate Tim... Um, and James as well. We tried to find you in the Good Companion pub. Must have to, if you want, if you want to make money as a pub, <laughs> maybe put more than two people on at your yeah. busiest part of the week yep. and at Christmas. So um, if you got served at the Good Companion pub, good on you. Yeah, I mean it was. We ran out of patience. It was there. the bar. It was, it was five deep to get to the bar. Two people serving. We stood there for fifteen minutes. And didn't move forward once, so we just we just abandoned it. So apologies to the people we were meant to meet up with, but it just yeah. Um, I don't know where I was going on that little tangent. Where were we, what were we talking about? You're just ranting about. I'm that. just ranting about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, more to rant about in the second half then. Um, 
Let's start with the action. A bit of a scramble here. Um, I guess Norris ends up doing quite well. I think there's a cross that comes in. And he kind of he flaps, uh, it a flaps a little bit, punch, it. but it makes it. Um, the ball falls. I think it's to. Oh, I've forgotten who it is. Um, uh, I can't remember. I think it was the number fourteen, but I couldn't remember his name. And but he's he, Norris kind of quite smartly just puts a, puts a hand up instinctively, and at the fortunate the ball hits it. Um, a header is then looped in from that, um, and Garber is on the line to save that one. Um, but that was a bit of an alarm bells. Um, 50 minutes, um, we finally have a real kind of proper chance. Um, Norwood mm, kind half, of... Half chance. It was a shot, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Norwood brings the ball forwards. Um, ball <clears throat> bounces up for a minute and he hits kind of a half volley thingy. Um, but it's quite tame, straight at the goalkeeper. But it's a shot on target. Yeah. Um, but um, another attack for Ipswich breaks down. There's a missed header, a missed second ball header yeah. for Keane. And suddenly... Um, I can't remember who takes the ball out, but it's certainly Curtis that ends up with the ball after it moves from right to left. And just inside our half, Curtis picks the ball up, Seb, and talk to us about what happens next. Curtis is given the, the freedom of Portsmouth to run and run and run and run and run. Edwards backs off. I understand Edwards is on a yellow card, so to be fair to him, he can't go flying in. Scoos is the, the defender on the, on the right-hand side of the back three. And again, he just backs off and backs off and backs off. And Curtis just thinks to himself, right, well, I'll have a shot then. And he does, and it's a good, guy. It's a, it's a good hit. Uh, Norris, it seems to hit his wrist and flies up into, into the goal. But it was so preventable. Um, Edwards can't make the challenge. He's on the booking, fair enough. Scoos can come out a little bit. He's not been booked. He could always just take him out, cynically, if you want to. And you've still got the, the backup of Chambers and Wolfenden uh, as two centre-halves behind you. So I, I don't understand why they just let the guy run run and run and run and what's really frustrating is when you when you see that you think to yourself none of our players would ever do that nobody would ever look just to run I mean, garbage got a good shot on him but no one would look to just pick the ball up head down run and just hit it so a really really avoidable goal a great strike by the pompey guy don't get me wrong um he's hit the, he's, he's, he's hit it well but from our point of view a really really poor goal to concede the guy doesn't have to do too much to score and it's it's so it was it five minutes after half time wasn't it and at that point you know you, you start to think to yourself well we're not going to get a we're not going to get an equaliser, let alone win it. So it's a it's it's going to be forty minutes now, sort of hanging on, and it, it was. But a really, really poor goal and really really avoidable. When we um when we concede first, we generally lose, don't we? We 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 are this fragile still after last season. Yeah, and it did feel like. And it was, it. They didn't have to do much score against, did they? The keeper, I think, rolled it out to one Pompey player. Uh, sorry, Keane misses the header. It goes to one Pompey player. He passes it to Curtis. Run, run, run. Hit goal. Yeah, they haven't got to work hard for it. And your point, and your point, I I tweeted as much this morning actually, just before we recorded, and said, um, who are the players in the Ipswich squad who can do that? Someone said Jackson. Nope. Um, Garber, I think could. Jackson scored a, a goal similar to that, I think, against Millwall, but it's few and far between. Garber, as you say, has got is can run and have a shot. He's got the shot on him, but but I think more to the point of the question was um, who's got the confidence or the intent to do that because Portsmouth were trying shots. Throughout the match, mm-hmm. we weren't really trying anything. We really didn't have a way of creating chances. And that worked for Portsmouth. It's almost a brilliant save from Norris. I'm going to give the credit to Norris there. It's Bart-esque. He gets down well. Yeah, he's just, and yeah. he's just fortunate that he's he's quite um, tight to his line because the ball obviously then just hits up into the, the off the bar, I think, and into the into the roof of the net. But otherwise that was almost an amazing save. And it had it had absolutely boshed it down with rain um at half time. So I don't think that helped either. I think the ball um, you know, as soon as it hits underneath him it it, it skids quite badly. So But that's the cliche, right? So the the pitch is slick. Have a shot. You yep. know what I mean? Oh. But we don't. Um, 54, Garbat does have a go. Yep. Um, Shot on target, keeper saved it, yeah. Uh, 56, Chambers picks up the first booking for a challenge against Harrison. He's going to have um, another one later on, sadly. And here is the moment where Guinevere powers into life. Um, Scoose is substituted for yeah. Dynastian, and it's the much fabled 4 4 effing 2 that comes to the fore. Um, Judge moves out wise. Um, and uh, it's a yeah, standard back four from that point onwards. 62, Nolan um, lets the red mist get the better of him. That's a yeah. naughty challenge from it him. Is. Another card. And 65, this is the moment, Seb. Um, Norwood finds himself um, right in the middle of the goal, from what I recall, maybe to slightly one side. Slightly to the, to the uh, left as you look at it, yeah. Um, and um, what happens here, Seb? Because like, FXG is classified as chance, I think. Um, it's quite high up there. Yeah, I've looked at the uh, the highlights this morning. It wasn't on the Sky highlights and it wasn't on the fan recordings of the game, so I've not seen it again. 
But for me, all he had to do, I mean, he could have shanked it, he could have toe-poked it, anything, but he, he, I don't know if he's out of form or if he's just not confident, but he, he, he shanks it horribly and he, it just goes out. It just, it just rolled across the face of goal and he, he definitely should hit the target at that, from that position. He's slightly out wide, so I guess you give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's on his left foot. I think he's right-footed, so he's on his wrong foot. But even so, from that distance, he's the guy that unfortunately has to, has to deliver in the big games and he, he just hasn't there. It's kind of like a ballerina-esque foot that he kind of puts out there rather than... He could put a shin on that, as you were saying. Or, yeah, toe poking, yeah. anything. And, 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 and this is when you start to get a little bit um, anxious or nervous about Norwood because these, these big chances, there was one last week against Bristol Rovers as well, they, they come and go yeah. and these are starting to determine the outcomes of fixtures and points. Um, so again, to our conversation before about Sears being a new player... Um, it might be that we need better reinforcements up front and options. and um, I yeah. think that there are questions about that, so we'll come on to that in the, uh, in the uh, questions. We've got a substitution. Um, and So having looked okay for 15 minutes or so, whenever, when was the It wasn't that. I think it was about seven, wasn't it? When wasn't was it? The, yeah, so it, was, it wasn't even that. You're right. So it's about seven, five, seven minutes yeah, of 4-4-2. Four, four, we go to 4-3-3. Three, three. Yeah. Um, it's Jackson on for Edwards, also on a, a, a red card risk yeah. at this point. Um, and it's a four-three-three formation, um, and again, it there was no pattern no. to our play. There were this is when the fabled Nolan um, long balls, as he's criticised, start to come um, to the fore. It almost works later on. Uh, we'll talk about one in a second. Nolan has, himself has a shot. I think it's Nolan from just inside the penalty area. It's quite firmly struck. It goes out for a corner. Seventy-three. This is it. Um, a long punt up the pitch. I don't know who by. Um, to me, um, Norwood handballs this. He brings yeah, he it down yeah. and kind of almost catches it, but does that kind of weird thing that I think Jim Majorton used to do it, but actually controlled the ball with his chest. chest yeah. um, and he's he's probably found himself too acute an angle yeah. and can't get the ball back across goal and hits the side netting. I don't think that was a particularly good chance there. It was no, the, the one that he had before that was the much, much better chance out of the two. Um, and I haven't got anything more from this point onwards until 87 minutes where Luke Chambers is going to find himself having a day off on <laughs> Boxing Day. Lucky him um, for a second yellow card, a rugby tackle. Yeah, it was. As wasn't. Harrison broke down the right size. Um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a clear yellow. Harrison was a pest all day. I think we saw the Harrison yesterday that we hoped we'd signed last year. He was, he was challenging for everything, putting himself about. He's quite quick. He's a big guy. He won a lawful lot in the air, and uh, Chambers. It was just a, it was a silly challenge. He's, Harrison, in reality, is probably not through on goal from that position, but he just sort of rugby tackles into the ground, and it's it's, it's a no brainer second yellow card. And now we miss him for Gillingham, which means more changes and uh, probably a formation change again, given NCR's uh, form yesterday. So I assume we'll go to a back four. So yay, more selection stuff. And and that is a run of yellow cards before the end of the game. We haven't talked about the referee yet. Let's talk about this Wolfenden. Wolfenden's booked for descent. Yeah. I think there's a similar incident in another game, and I can't remember which fixture it was, where Wolfenden was Wickham, wasn't fouled. It? it was Wickham, yeah. It was Wickham. And then um, gets himself a booking for descent. Um, Stuart Taylor on the bench is booked as well. Um, Jackson gets booked. Everyone's getting Christmas cards um, from the referee yesterday. And that is the match. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. 
To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there. Supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That is a 1-0 um, defeat for Ipswich 2 on the spin against teams who would... Well, Bristol Rovers, I guess, not expecting to be top six. And Portsmouth, certainly, who uh, who should have been at the start of the season and maybe looking for a bit of a run now. Um, Town, and yet, and yet again, sorry, another team in the top the top half of the table or the top seven that we, we just can't beat. We're not going to get yeah. promoted by beating the bottom half of the table. It ain't going to work. And on the face of it, um, if you take all of the previous um, few weeks of um, rotation and um, moving players around and so on, and, and the slight um, consternation on Twitter, I'll, put it, I'll call it, people moaning and getting a little bit concerned, um, it's a fine margin victory for Portsmouth. Um, they've had more shots, certainly, on, on target. Um, they've had 15 shots and eight were on target. We've had eight shots and two on target. So there's a story in terms of um, our attacking intent. 60% possession for us, but 60% possession in areas of the pitch which make no sense. Yeah. These, these are not um, possession stats that suggest that we are trying to find angles. We yep. are trying to be clever. We are going sideways across the defence and across the midfield, getting to the 18-yard box, going backwards and sideways. Um, Every single time yesterday, we had a chance to do something quickly, a quick release ball from midfield to one of the wide players. We didn't do it. We just slowed the place down every single yeah. time. Nolan, Scoos, Downs, they Keen all did it. They, yeah, well, Keane. Yeah. They would all sort of check inside and, and play it safe and you know play a ball back and go back across the back three and then come back to the other side and switch it back. And it just it just didn't work at all. We, we didn't have anybody looking to make that killer pass or that quick pass. Um, we didn't really have any pace in the side yesterday with, with Jackson being on the bench. There wasn't no, no natural outlet, but the uh, the way we slowed it down was so infuriating and, and people on the terraces were getting very, very annoyed with it. Yeah, booze at full time as well. So um, yeah, not, not all good. Not the season of goodwill. At Portman Road and town, I or think, Fratton Park, at Fratton Park, wherever, wherever you want your your football, all welcome, all equally good. Um, let's um, let's do some Twitter questions. So town out the. Did I mention that we're at the bottom two? Um, uh, top two. Bottom two, the bottom two, two to trouble. come. Don't worry. Um, out, yeah, out goal, goal difference. Still got a game in hand. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, was was Rochdale our last victory in the in the league? It was, wasn't it? So that's Quite November. Possibly. That's fire. We were there. Fire, fireworks night, November the fifth. So you're now closing in on two months since the last league victory and, yeah, it's not good, is it? Let's get on to these questions then. James Houston is first up. Um, how high um, on your wish list would a left-back be? Um, would, I mean, Garbutt can play further forward and balance a 4-4-2 nicely. Um, yes, I think that's what we have to do now. I think we need to go back to basics and go to the 4-4-2 we had at the start of the season and that was Ken at left-back and Garbutt further forward. If we had a magic money tree, uh, I'd say yes, a new left back is uh, is preferable. However, given the fact we probably have no money, I, I think there's other areas of the pitch that need to be strengthened first. But I, I would look now to bring Kenlock back in and push Garbo. Um, maybe we need a right back as well. Um, Blue Soap talks about Kane, Vincent Young, who we, who I agree we are missing so much. Yeah, massively. As he says, I know one player does not make a team, but he's absolute quality. We need consistency. And that needs to start from the back. Holy is a great keeper would be my first name on the team sheet. Um, also Chambers now to miss the Jules game. Some big games coming up. Your thoughts on this um, consistency point with um, Holy? Well, we changed the, apparently yesterday, I saw a stat on Twitter, yesterday was the eighth time in 10 games we've changed the goalkeeper. I mean, how can, how can the keepers prepare for that? How, how can, can the defence prepare Yeah, it's, it's yeah. crazy. And yesterday we saw Norris came for a fair few crosses and either missed them or flapped at them or or didn't get a decent punch. Whereas Holy, given his, his size advantage, is pretty good at commanding his area and coming for the uh, coming for the crosses. So I said it on the last time I was on the pod, Holy is our player. I don't really understand why we do this thing where we develop other people's players, but, but Holy's our player. He needs to come into the side now. And if Wolves say, you know, you're not playing, Norris is coming back, all right, send him back. Um, if we're spending four, five grand a week on on Norris's wages, you could argue that with, with Prisbeck and, and Wright as, as backup keepers, that's that's a decent chunk of the wage for almost being wasted to effect. You know, there's nothing wrong with Holy playing uh, all the games from now on. And back in the day, we remember, you know, under Kelvin Davis and Richard Wright, that the sub keeper was a bit of a, a joke thing. They, they yeah. never got played. I mean, back in the days when it was three substitutes on the bench, there was no keeper on the bench, was there? 
So like I'd, Lee Bracey, Mike Salmon. Yeah, Keith Brannigan. <laughs> I think I think you know there's nothing wrong at all with 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 Holy playing all the games. Have one of the young lads on the bench. I presume Prisbeck is ahead of right in the in the pecking order, given the Peterborough game and given the fact he warms the keepers up before the game. Um, and uh, we need now just to have a settled a settled number one. Yeah, I think in League One, a goalkeeper is 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 not as particularly as important as it maybe is in the Championship. No, um, Adam Flat. I'm going to ask this, Adam. Like I think. Uh, you probably don't intend it to be said this way, but I, I quite like to say it this way anyway. Um, what is Paul Lambert trying to do? Um, he's been here for over a year and hasn't the first idea what his preferred system is or his best loan. What the is he playing at? Yeah, and that's the flavour of some questions here. Yeah, Adam's got a great point, hasn't he? Good question. He had a, he had a free hit last year. No one blamed him for relegation. So even if you write it off when he arrives in November, he's then got six months to develop a way of playing, a pattern of playing, uh, and he just didn't do it. We played 4-3-3 pretty consistently last year, but there was a decent amount of chopping and changing with players. And this year, it's just crazy. I mean, could you see any pattern of play yesterday? Any, <laughs> any ideas at all? Not. We don't hit teams on the counter. We don't go. Uh, we don't build slowly from the back. We don't use the wings effectively. We don't really go long. We, 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 have, no, we have no identity whatsoever. So, a very good question. And I don't even think at this point Lambert really knows what he's doing. Oh, Seb Brown, are you in the... Uh... I, I'm, not in, uh, I'm not in the Lambert out camp yet. However, if he doesn't, you know, go back to a settled four four two or a settled formation, and I mean, conceivably, it's it's not ridiculous to say after the Wickham game on New Year's Day we could be out of the top six. Yeah. There's only three points in it now. Oh, it's tight. It's yeah, tight. there's only three points in it. We've got two really difficult away games coming up after Boxing Day, and if I think if we were out of the top six at that time or you know down to sixth or whatever, I, I think I would start to turn because I'm just sick of it. Sick of it. Matthew Noble. Um, <laughs> Lambert will not be ITFC manager in August 2020. True or false? Um, I hope he is, because if he is, it means we've gone up. Yeah. However, I, yeah, I could very well see that coming true. I mean, Evans does give managers an awful lot of time, often to his detriment. You know, Hurst aside, we could argue that he gave Keane, Jewel, Mick far too long. So I, I don't think Evans will do anything too rash. Um, however, if Lambert doesn't sort this out then the stuff on the terraces is going to go back to how it was in the in the last days of mixed rain this PR I don't know whether we've got questions about this so apologies in advance if I spoil someone's question but this PR campaign that he's, he, he's been done and quite been, people quite cynically have been talking about is to get people on side becomes quite fragile when on the field things start to flow you know start to go wrong you mentioned it was kind of a free hit last season the yeah. relegation um, the goodwill is starting to run out a little bit, isn't it? And particularly the home form as well. Well, it is because our home form's been poor and it's all very nice chucking 500 quid behind the bar, but everyone would rather pay for their own pint and see, you know, a decent home performance and uh, and see us challenging up towards the... Not mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's just... <laughs> Every time he comes under a bit of pressure, we see a legend come out or a legend come to the club or some money goes behind the bar. Um, stop doing as much PR stuff and, and, and just sort it on the training pitch. Do some training. Yeah, stuff. coach people. I see, Mark. Revolutionary. Seb, like than this. Um, does the dip now mean that Garbert won't sign in January? How long before a champ or premier team comes in for Wolfie? We've not a hope of keeping him or Downs if we slip down the table. We've not been one of the top ten in the league. Um, is it time to act now? ITFC Mark, that was um, that was quite a long old so, there. So, Garvin so he's not worried joining. about little angle on this on the transfer front then. Yeah, because we talked about Lambert. Um, concern about whether Garbert Jane might not fancy the move to us now. I'm not necessarily on no, too I don't, sure on that. Yeah, but thoughts on does our status in the league if we drop away from the automatic places start Downs and Wolfenden's agents suggesting? Well, look. If Tanner going to League One again, you want to get out of here as soon as possible, or is it? I don't think that'll happen in January, regardless. I think even if we were to uh, to be, let's say, sixth on a, or sixth or seventh come the end of the transfer window in January, I don't think those two would leave. However, I think they'd be dead certain to go in the summer to um, not to the, to the Premier League, but definitely to uh, to the Championship. And we'll do that thing we always do, where we sell a player one move too early. So we'll sell them both for about two million quid, and then in about two years' time, they'll get Premier League moves with uh, with big twenty million pound fees. I'd imagine. Merry Christmas. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jason, why have comparatively successful consecutive managers, I assume prior to coming to Ipswich, found Ipswich such a difficult job? It's not the money nor the owner, he says. Is there a clue in Lambert referring to Suffolk supporters as slow? I didn't hear that. 
Um, yeah, he's it's a bit slow. There's something to Not, be, as in it's, uh, Suffolk as, as a county is like relaxed or whatever. Yeah, Roy King said that, didn't he? He said that there's going to be a demonstration Back against me and in Suffolk right. that means three people on the streets or whatever. I think we are oh, quite okay. patient. Like, we don't really have big expectations, do we? I mean, no? God, if these guys were at Le Leeds or a Villa, you know, the, the pressure would be really on. All we want to see is good attacking football and uh, and be entertained. The, the when he said no, not the money, not the owner. Yeah, it's a bit I, of a leading I, question there, Jason. Yeah, I d- disagree. We, we are we are in League One through years of chronic underfunding and and chronically bad decisions off the pitch. So I, I do unfortunately think it is the it is the money and the owner. And so and his point about comparatively successful consecutive managers. Keane had a, a, Keane, a little bit of Sunderland success, but he had a very good squad. Mick obviously decent manager as well. Albeit we knew about the kind of drop off of teams. And when he left, Jewel, Jewel, Jewel got a team. A, he got a team promoted, but it was was it five six years after. Oh, having came to us, a football done Sheffield football changed day yeah. and Derby since then. Yeah. Football had completely completely changed. Um, Mick, like you say, has two promotions under his belt, but again, he was given money at those at those sides. At Wolves, he went out and signed two wingers. We never never reinvested the money he got for the sales, and never gave enough money to do that. Hurst um, was. I guess he got to two Wembley finals at Shrewsbury but ultimately lost them both so I'm not sure he was overly overly successful so for, for me the one constant throughout those those managers is, is the guy above them and, and no clear director of football between the owner and the and the management so I, I definitely think it's the owner Leo Neal's gone a little bit quiet of late as well hasn't he having you know been put into this quite senior role um, Paul Westlake is a name here that is being you know the Lambert out noise is starting to increase there are names being mentioned um this is Lambert's um, first real test for me. Last season was a write-off. Do we honestly think the likes of Nathan Jones um, would come in at the stage or that Evans could afford to pay off Lambert and entice him anyway? We are where we are and we need to fight. So Westlake, uh, Paul, <coughs> Paul Westlake, sorry to call you by your, your surname there, um, suggesting that um, our situation isn't particularly a positive one off the field as well as on it. Um, so dig in now. Yeah, I mean, Nathan Jones isn't the kind of manager who will get his side to, to, to fight, I don't think. And also, if Nathan Jones were to come in, we don't have the players to play the kind of football he would want to play. We're uh, a, a mixed match of, you know, heart, the end of mixed era, the lower league players of Hurst and the sort of the, the ones Lambert's brought in. So he's not the name I would have. Uh, as I said, I'm still Lambert in at this point, but things could turn quite, quite, quite quickly. Tommy Boy, um, I think we've talked a little bit about this. Um, will Lambert stop being so pig-headed and go back to the four-four-two? Um, no definitely. idea how you answer this, but so annoyed, yeah. Yeah, it definitely should go four four two. It worked really well for us uh, for the first six, seven weeks of the season. Um, if that means bringing Kenlock back in and pushing Garbutt further forward to, to make up for the lack of row on the left hand wing, then 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 fair enough, do it. Um, I think we might start to see a bit of a change in the guard now with Scoos. He, he started the season well, but uh, but he, his age is starting to show now. So I could easily see a, a central midfield two and a four four two of, of of Downs and one other, and probably not Scoos these days. Does out, um, Brad. Mentions um, the rotation of the goalkeepers. We've talked about that. Um, Mike, um, if it went off for August and September, Lambert's 14 months in charge would presumably um, be one of the worst win records in the entire EFL. Yeah. Surely he is fast running out of credit. Um, interesting to call out the August and September run, maybe buying Lambert a little bit more time and um, less scrutiny because his record last season, um, whilst we um, <laughs> tried. And failed to stay up was pretty poor, win yeah, I mean, ratio wise, wasn't it? When he came in, we were was it five points adrift? I, I think we were five points adrift when he joined us in November, um, and by the time we went down, it was a, a much further, a much further uh, gap between, to safety. To safety, so he he got the free hit last year. This season started really well. Combine that with the the attendances being higher and the stuff he's doing off the pitch, he did have a, a decent amount of credit in the bank. But the more he does this chopping and changing and bizarre team selections, it's 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 quickly running out. Let's skip through these quite really if we can. Phil Phil mentions um, the rotations again. We talked about that. Ben Arier asks about transfer targets. He he says, could the loss see us? Um, take a dip into the transfer market. I think we need reinforcements, um, regardless of yesterday, don't we? I don't need you talk, a striker. You talked about the target man. Is that your number one target? Yes, I think so. Um, think Daryl Murphy five years ago. That kind of player who's a physical presence up front, can hold the ball up uh, and bring others into play. I think he could play well with Jackson alongside him with his pace, with Sears alongside him with his pace, or with uh, with Nord, who's hustle and bustle. So f- for me, that is the that is the priority. Second to that would be a centre-off. I would personally re-sign Tommy Smith. He's, if he's free and he's in the building, I can't see anything wrong. He's left-footed, brings that balance to the uh, to the defence. And at, at, at this stage with, with Enciarlo, you know, 
in the form he's in, I can't see anything wrong with giving Smith a, a just a, even a six month contract to, to end the season. Do you remember when I said quickly? Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, okay, let's keep going. Dave Gore. Um, skip through this a little bit. Are we a better team? Are we in a better place, a better team than when Lambert took over? Yes. Okay. You said go quickly. Fine. Good. Um, <laughs> did Paul Lambert lose his lucky pants in November? Asked Justin. Um, are the current ITFC tactics the equivalent of freestyle jazz? Enjoying the GIF <laughs> there, Justin. Um, the mullet news of the week. Um, sacking Lambert is not the answer. It, it leaves us with an unbalanced squad made up of three managers, players, with a fourth man having rushed, having a rushed window to add his own and potentially leaving us lacking even more identity and, and surety. Um, discuss. Yes, um, exactly right. Uh, if we were to let Lambert go, then you are looking at, you've got the, the end of the Mick era with Scoose, Chambers and Sears. You've got the lower league ones that Hurst brought in. You've got the ones that Lambert got in over the summer. And then you've got a new guy looking to implement new ideas and new, uh, new, new, new tactics and whatnot. You've gone from mix sort of, you know, safe, long ball football, which was pragmatic, but, but did, did ultimately work. We never went down. So about a third of the squad are ingrained with that. You've got the players struggling to make a step up from her signings and you've got Lambert's ones who now look bereft of confidence. So I agree, if you were to bring another manager in, you're just adding to the, the, the melting pot. Um, Michael Gooding's not happy. Uh, that's a, more of a comment there and a, a reaction. Um, we feel your pay, Michael. Um, let's end with... Uh, there's a couple here. Um, Accrington scored four against Pompey last week. How many minutes would we need to play um, to have enough rival shots we on could, goal to score for? Asks um, pod member Craig from 75. We'd still be playing now, which is uh, 23 hours after, sorry, 20 hours after the uh, the game and we, we still wouldn't have scored. Um, Tim Pash, let's end with Tim, given we um, failed to meet him yesterday. Apologies again, Tim. Um, he's asked two. Greedy. Um, you can only, you're only, you're only one present um, from the list. Uh, who's coaching the forwards? Not one diagonal run, not one um, incident where the forwards ran diagonals, um, more static than um, the Elgin marbles, which is a reference I have no idea um, about. Um, do we, we miss Terry Connor? Yeah, bring Terry Connor back in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the questions. Thank you, everybody, for those. Sorry we skipped through some of those, um, but always appreciate those. Let's do a quick roundup of um, what else happened in League One because there were some interesting results may have um, lessened the blow of defeat yeah, yesterday. We, we got lucky yesterday. Um, I'll talk these through in the order that they appear on my screen. So Gillingham 3, MK Dons 1. Blackpool nil, Shrewsbury 1. So Blackpool form team um, of late. That's uh, Shrewsbury a little bit up and down, but that's a good one away there. And um, Bolton 3, Southend 2. Bolton are chasing Southend down. Yeah. May or may, we'll check the league table. We'll see if Bolton have overtaken Southend. But I don't South mean they have yet, but I think Murphy scored again yesterday. Did so it? Yeah, I think so. Um, South End, bloody hell. Imagine yeah. being a South End. You think you've got it bad, Ipswich Town fans. Go and support South End United. Um, Bristol Rovers nil, Peterborough nil. That is a good result for Bristol Rovers, I would suggest, yeah. um, in their quest to stay in the top six. And well, it's a great result for us, yeah. Yeah, Ports, um, Bristol Rovers managing to stifle um, Iser and Tony if they played. Burton 3, Rochdale 1. Cov 1, Lincoln nil, Cov back on track after a bit of a blip. Donny one, Accrington one, Oxford one, Wickham nil. Yes, thank God. And apparently Akinfen were sent off and therefore suspended for, port for Boxing Day when apparently they have Portsmouth. Um, yeah, we heard about that one yesterday. Uh, Rotherham two, Fleetwood two and Tranmere one, Wimbledon nil. Let's have a look at the top six there. Uh, it's still Wickham who head things with 43 points and Peterborough and ourselves on 36 behind. But we have a game in hand on both Bristol Rovers, as I say, well in there now in fourth. We're only one point behind us. Cov one point behind them in fifth. And Oxford make up the top six with Blackpool just outside. <coughs> Let's go and have a quick butchers down the bottom. So Bolton are now on five points. Two points. Quite, yeah, five points. Yeah, sorry, two, they're two points adrift of South End. Yeah. But they've only got 18 games. But so they've actually got four games in hand over South End. It's a little bit of mission impossible for them to survive at this point. But you never yeah, yeah. know. That is. Um, and that is it. We've got um, plenty of action coming up over Christmas and year. I've not done a play your stats right because I was so pissed off after yesterday. And we were very cold. And we were very cold wet, and wet, to be fair. It was a crap drive back. So. Yeah, so apologies for that. Well, I'm sure we'll do more over Christmas. Um, in terms of the kind of pod lineup for Christmas, um, we were going to kind of merge Gillingham and Lincoln into one. But we are going to do separate shows. We are going to give you an extra Christmas bonus. Um, so Mikey, I think Mikey, Joe and Dave will do Ling uh, Gillingham. Yep. And you and I and Craig will do Lincoln. And then I think it's me and Mikey for Wickham as it stands so far. So 
um, all the matches covered um, in glorious Technicolor um, over Christmas. Your thoughts uh, on, your, give us your predictions of how many points we're going to get out of these and how many formations are we going to see as well? Well, I'd like to see a solid, just go back to 4-4-2. I assume with Chambers out and with NCR's form very questionable, he'll have to go to a back four and have Wolf and Dunander and Wilson on on. on Boxing Day. I think we'll beat Gillingham. Um, however, I can see us losing to both Lincoln and Wickham oh. if he keeps making the, the, the strange decisions in the, in the strange lineups. He go, if he goes for a settled 4 4 2, Jackson and Norwood up front, Garber on the left, Edwards on the, or Judge on the right. Uh, downs and another in the in the middle. Um, I'd be a lot more a lot more positive of our chances. But if it keeps as it is, I could see us just beating Gillingham and, and, and losing to the other two. But I am miserable, so you know, <laughs> there's always that. Ah, humbug. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, we'll see about that. Well, we've as I said, plenty of um, assessment analysis after these games, and um, yeah, and thank you for we've we've got plenty of stuff coming up over Christmas and pods. We're also going to have a bash. I mentioned this at the start. Um, a little bit of a poll on uh, moments of the decade. Um, I'm Love putting shortlist. I'm putting some stuff. Actually, there's there's more than you think. Is there? Um, there's Arsenal, but but I, I guess in the um, pantheon of Ipswich Town history, these are not kind <laughs> yeah. of up there with winning the FA Cup or UEFA <laughs> Cup, Wembley or Wembley playoff finals. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll put those out. I think as Twitter polls, and then we'll come back and do a pod possibly at the start of the new year um, to analyse those. Your what's your moment? What's your your standout positive moment. Come on, it, it, probably, it probably is Arsenal, isn't it? Right at the start of the decade, 2011, wasn't it? Priskin's yeah. goal. Yeah, I mean, you got mixed year. We finished sixth, um, but ultimately was you know disappointed. There's some great games that that season. I remember Brentford away and the, the Leeds at home games. There's some really good games, but apart from that, um, it's, it's, let's be honest, it's not been a great. A great, well, it's not been a great 20 years in reality, has it? But <laughs> Jesus, this is miserable. Come on, well, we uh, no, decade, for, for me, it would be it would be Priskin. Uh, it was a great moment, and uh, you know, Portman Road was full, and yeah, it was, that was a really, really good night. So for me, that's my that's my highlight. We we scored a goal and beat a, a Premier League side, and and there was quite a lot of kind of hoo-ha about it afterwards, and yeah, all the fabric of stuff about playing long ball and right kind of rubbish. So yeah, for me, that was uh, definitely the highlight, and. Um, Hopefully, maybe you never know. In in ten years' time, you could still be sat here and uh, and discuss the the moment of the of the twenties, and we could say, "Oh, that promotion in where we went unbeaten from Boxing Day to yeah. to May was epic in, well, uh, in League One, up through the divisions in one <laughs> yeah. go." Yeah, and we've been there ever since. Fingers crossed, day. Eh? So, we'll, yeah, we'll set those out. We've got about five or six categories, okay. um, and we'll set those out and um, let people give us their opinions, and then we'll um, we'll run through the results. So you, you can find all the information um, for that on our Twitter account, at Blue Monday ITFC. Um, you might have seen yesterday that um, I was having a little go on that one. Um, so Ben has given me a Christmas gift of the Twitter account. So I'll use my power for good, not for evil. Um, so you can find that and all the details of these polls at Blue Monday ITFC or on my account um, at Ips Rich. Seb, where, we can, where can we find you? At Brown S08. And I must say also, get involved on the um, on Statman's. He's got a thread about the, the best player of the decade. It's quite good to get involved in. So make sure you get voting on that, please. Yeah, that's going to be a nice, um, depressing reminder of <laughs> how many great players have played for Ips the last decade. Um, also, we're on um, Instagram. Instagram now, Blue Monday Pod Team, or one word. Um, again, some good stuff, bits and pieces from Portsmouth yesterday. Um, if you want to go and follow that, and hopefully more to follow, including Mikey's adventures on the trains um, and various um, beverage um, <laughs> for, for his trips down there. Um, and 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 I think that that is it, guys um, and um, girls. Thank you very much for all your support this year. Um, it's been a good one for us. We've had our first live show. More details of hopefully a couple of bits and pieces in the new year and um, more on that to follow um so it just leaves me to say thank you for all your support all your likes and uh, interactions on twitter and youtube and instagram and wherever else um and a merry christmas um i hope it's a relaxing one i hope it's an enjoyable one um i hope you can forget about football and paul lambert and rotations and goalkeepers and stuff for a few hours and we'll be back, back to reality against Gillingham <laughs> on Boxing Day um, and as I said keep an eye out for the pods for that um, and um, yeah have a, have a good one everyone and, and Seb I'll let you have the final word Merry Christmas to you yes thank you um, as I said before delighted to be helping out with the pod so thank you very much to every single person that asks us a question or interacts on Twitter and watches the watches the YouTube clip and listens to it it's all very very much appreciated and none of us at all take it for granted so thank you very much Merry Christmas everybody have a great New Year year and uh, let's look back and hopefully we'll go unbeaten now from, from Boxing Day till May and uh, have a celebration of a, of a promotion. Ho, ho, ho.
It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.